Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Can you hear me? Hey, you, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Hello? Hello? How are we doing? Are you guys good? We see audio levels over there. We see audio levels over there. We're just waiting to see if we see audio levels over there. How about you guys? Are you? Look, we've got audio levels. You know what that means, kids? We can do a show. Let's do a show. You, me, everybody, let's do a show. Hey, kids, welcome to number two. Two, number two of Just a Game with yours truly, Rob Kerr. Uh, this is a trend, but I'm not suggesting it's going to be a necessary thing every single time. But I start off this program with a little note for you. Unfortunately, due to a technical glitch, no bone saw today. I know, I know. Nobody would blame you if you turned off the live stream right now. Nobody. Not me. Nobody. Peter Marr, unable to join us. Uh, he is uh, on location. Um, he's not in a place with the best um, interweb. How about that? So, no bone saw today. But we will be, Peter Marr will be a regular part of this program. So, as you say to yourself, Rob, I shelled out all this money for this damn podcast. You made me sign up for the, oh no, that's the OnlyFans account. Don't worry about it. You guys are all good here. All right, we're all good. It's all among friends. He sends his love. He sends his regards. Peter Marr will be a huge part of this program moving forward. Just not today. Now, Friday, we will have Perry Barazan with us in studio. We will have Eric Dehatchek from The Athletic. Uh, very excited about that. Both of those gentlemen well, Perry's going to be here, so we won't have interweb problems with him. Uh, and for those of you who aren't familiar, the internet is a series of tubes and wires and stuff. Uh, and apparently, you know, sometimes stuff happens, as they say. Uh, also, since we're giving away the ending, Adam Seaborn from Playmaker Capital, who is, uh, we're going to, I'm trying to get him as our sports business guy. He's going to join us on Monday. Uh, how are you, by the way? You good? Um, let me start here. Okay, sure, with an apology. But let me also start with a thank you today. You guys, you guys, you guys, you stuck with us yesterday. We saw the numbers. The numbers were great. More than we expected. Uh, really appreciate that. We hope that we can keep it up. We hope that you will make us a destination for yourself every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. By the way, today, we're back in our normal slot. 
We'll be back on Friday. That's you know, you get that. So really from the bottom of my heart, the kindness that you people showed uh, was just over the top. Um, I wish that I could go individually and thank all of you. Um, and if you ever see me on the street, there was a, a, a Rob brought up a, a tweeted. He was at the dungeon wrestling. I was at the dungeon wrestling on Friday at the pavilion. What is that awesome? That might come up later in the program. Um, but anyway, he said, Hey Rob, how you doing? He said, good. And he said, sports is fun. I said, you're damn right. It is. So anytime. Absolutely. And if you ever see me at Starbucks, tap me on the shoulder and say, I want to use some Rob bucks to buy a coffee and, and I'll buy you a coffee. All right. That's just for listeners of this here podcast. Okay. Just for us. It's just a thing. And the staff, I, I certainly would include the staff in this case because these guys, and you can't see them because we have a single camera today. Cause, and I'll tell you why the other cameras aren't here in a minute. We have a single camera here today, but tan man and Princey, you've heard them on the barn burner. You know, you love them from that program. Uh, and, and the citizen program, um, have just balled out here the last couple of days Un unheralded superstars. One might say, <sighs> and now somebody's at the door trying to get in. We've got to get a lock. We've got to get a lock. Anyway, we're all good. Um, uh, let's, by the way, just a game. If you didn't join us, if this is the first time, uh, welcome. Thank you. Um, glad to have you. Very excited that this is the Nation Network's first sports talk show. Yes, sports talk show. And over the coming weeks, you're going to find out we're going to talk a ton of hockey. We are nine days away from the NHL trade deadline. What will the Flames do? Let me get to that in a second. Oh, there's this. Everybody gets mad at me because I always say, I'm going to come back to this. I'm going to come back to this. But I will. I will come back to that. Um, but anyway, we're really excited about what's going on here. Just a game was the name of my original sports talk show some 22 odd years ago that I left 20 years ago to come to Calgary. Um, and then the great, the vaunted, the, uh, outstanding Jason Greger up in Edmonton turned it into empire and then he got rid of it. Now I got it back and, and here we are. So thanks for joining us. Uh, it is a game day for the Calgary flames. Um, did I, yeah, no, I haven't mentioned that yet. Uh, in Arizona, to play the Coyotes, uh, the records of the two combatants, if you will. Calgary comes in with a 26, 20, and 11 mark. The Arizona Coyotes, 20, 28, and 9. But what makes this game so exciting, it's being played at Mullet Arena. I'm pausing. Mullet Arena. Um... I've said this about a couple of issues. The building in Calgary may be the biggest, but I'll add to that. Uh, since I retired in 2018 and unretired yesterday, the Arizona Coyotes have left a perfectly good building in Glendale that didn't want them. Don't, don't, you know, let's lay all the cards on the table. They got booted. They got punted. They got, you know, uh, thanks, but no thanks. You play your rock music too loud and you're smoking your doobies out on the patio. You're out of here. You, you, the landlord doesn't want you no more. Uh, and now they're floating around uh, waiting to get a building, I believe in Tempe. So they're playing in Mullet Arena, the home of the Arizona Sun Devils, which in itself is an incredible story and actually has some great Calgary ties. Um, but the first game in Mullet Arena. More importantly than that, if you are a fan of the local hockey heroes, if you are a fan of this hockey club, last night was not good. It was not good. They lost ground. Uh, they are ninth 
trying to get back into a playoff spot, into a wild card spot. Uh, Minnesota winning, gained a couple of points on them. Uh, Minnesota now 31, 21 and five, 67 points. Calgary, same number of games, 26, 20 and 11, 63 points, four points back. Nashville, who we talked briefly yesterday, holds a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of the hammer in this one. Uh, 27, 22 and six, one last night. So, they're now three points back of the Flames with 60 points uh, with two games in hand. So the local hockey heroes uh, need, need to get going. And it should start tonight. It, it normally would start tonight. Um, but if you listen to the Barnburner podcast or if you look, read you know anything on flamesnation.ca from Ryan Pike or any of the other writers, uh, or even Frank Saravelli on the Daily Faceoff, uh, online was talking about um, this is not a confident bunch right now. This is a, a group that uh, has two wins in the last five games, an overtime loss in there, but it's probably the most choppy five out of 10 points that a team could have in that segment. Segments are important too, by the way. Uh, the, the hockey club, um, particularly the coach, uh, Daryl, long known and, and built upon seven games seven-game segments. Um, they need to put a little bit of a role together. One of the things that we talk a lot about, you know, sports is fun. So I'm not going to bury this team right now. Um, I think, and I've said this a couple of times, completely underperforming. This is not, there is no time that I watch the Calgary Flames this year and go, <laughs> look at that. I didn't expect that. They're overachieving. Nobody looks at this team and says they're overachieving. They are underachieving. And the definition of underachieving would lead us to believe that they can be better. Um, the optimists in us, and I do miss this, but look at St. Louis, Rob. Remember St. Louis? Last place in the National Hockey League in January, win a Stanley Cup. Yep. There is time to get your poop together, but you cannot throw away points against the Coyotes tonight. And the Coyotes are not an easy out. Um, one of the teams at the beginning of the year that were projected to be at the top of the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. Now, because of the lottery, I guess we really don't know where they are, but they're not doing a really good job of this. If, if tanking is the mission in the desert, then they're doing a piss poor job of it. They have the longest current active point streak in the National Hockey League at nine games. They are above 500 at home. They are plucky. They are... Um, underdogs and they have embraced the role if they were a canadian team they'd be absolutely getting hammered by the local media and the diehard fans who would want them to tank for Connor bedard but they are not they are in the desert and not that many people care by the way uh, immediately following the game tonight uh, you can catch the afterburner postgame show or as we like to call it, Afterburner. Uh, Pinder and Boomer are live from Gray Eagle Casino. So if you're looking for a place to watch the game or if you're just going out for some entertainment tonight, keep in mind, the boys are going to be doing Afterburner live tonight, immediately following the Flames and the Coyotes, which I believe is a 7.30 start. Uh, and they will be live from Gray Eagle Casino. Tomorrow, tomorrow, they're in Vegas. And word on the street is, some guy's going to make his afterburner debut. It'll be the first time he's participated in a post-game flame show. I believe this is correct. In 12 years. 12 years. See how that goes.
Um, one of the things I want to do on this program is give you some assignments. Uh, today's reading assignment. Uh, so if you can get out a piece of paper, or I'm going to tweet this immediately. Um, today's reading assignment comes from the Daily Faceoffs, Matt Larkin. Um, it's a great article. It's entitled The NHL's To a Moment How the Current Concussion Protocol Failed Kale McCarr. The reason this is today's reading assignment is well, it involves Kale McCarr, who is a uh, just a, an incredible young player from Calgary. His, his folks are still here. He's got deep roots in Calgary. He brought the Stanley Cup to Calgary. But this is also a very scary topic. Uh, two concussions in 11 days for Kale. Uh, we all know what Tua went through this year in the NFL. Um, it leads to a lot of hand-wringing. It leads to a lot of people uh, getting on their soapboxes and, um, and pontificating. Uh, and, and I'm guilty of that, too. Um, certainly have followed the concussion storyline uh, for a long time now. Um, we have, again, being in Calgary, we have some pretty incredible people involved in the work worldwide, Dr. David Benson, of course, uh, the Benson Concussion Institute over at Winsport. Uh, there may not be anybody more um, revered or, or you know, uh, put on a pedestal for his work uh, than, than Dr. Benson, and a, a guest on our former program, um, kind of on the cutting edge of, of concussion, concussion research. Um, it remains an issue. In collision sports, in contact sports, in anything that's physical, doesn't matter gender, doesn't matter level, concussions remain an issue. And this has been a fairly quiet health and safety year, I would say, in some cases for the Calgary or for the Calgary Flames, for the NHL. Certainly from the Calgary Flames perspective, they've been fairly healthy. Um, but uh, this is a very serious issue. And I know the NFL is going through it. Um, and kind of feeling the repercussions of their concussion protocol. And Matt Larkin shines a, a light on the current status and situation in the National Hockey League involving Kale McCarr and the concussion protocol in the National Hockey League. So that's, your today, that's today's reading assignment, kids. Uh, Want to get you involved in this, so check it out. Uh, Matt Larkin, uh, you can catch it at the Daily Faceoffs uh, webpage. Uh, the NHL's to a moment, how the current concussion protocol failed Kale McCarr. Uh, I think we just put it out on Twitter, too, if you want to link through to it. So that's that's today's reading assignment. Live from the Oodle Noodle Studios, local, love, delicious. Since opening their first store back in 2005, Oodle Noodle has been all flavor and just the right amount of weird. Two locations, 1244 17th Avenue Southwest, 105 Main Street North, Airdrie, pickup and delivery uh no peter mart today he will join us uh in the near future we do have a very special guest we were talking yesterday with ryan pike uh pike does this amazing job as the managing editor over at flamesnation.ca of of covering the uh the arena situation involving the calgary flames the city of calgary uh you know the the other groups involved and and one of the things that i raised the flag that i raised is it in this day and age, I'm a little bit concerned we don't have a hero. The city needs a hero. It needs a Frank King. It needs, you know, a, a Ralph Klein-like person. It needs somebody either in business or government or somewhere to stand up and, and be a leader. Not, not a cheerleader, not a, you know, a manager, but somebody that, you know, is going to tell you what you need to hear, what you have to hear, not necessarily what you want to hear. And sometimes that's hard, but we don't have that. David Legg, is uh, very much one of the top 
uh, sports marketing and, and uh, sports development uh, educators in our country, Mount Royal University. He's a partner of mine. We do a podcast at Sport Calgary called uh, We uh, We've Solved Nothing. Uh, we've done this now for almost a decade. It's been on different formats. He's going to join me. Um, lots to talk about with David, uh, but I do want to get into this whole conversation about, you know, do we dream enough in this city? Are we a city that has lost its swagger, that has lost its, you know, oomph, getting over the hump? Um, I don't think so, but I think it's a fair question to ask. I think there's a lot of good things that are going on right now in our city. I think there's a lot of good people in our city. Um, but it just seems to me that in some case, you know, here we are talking about that we die for that arena in Glendale. If you've ever been to that arena in Glendale, is it the best arena in the National Hockey League? No, but it's certainly better than the Dome. Um, yet it sits unused, and and the Dome right now plays host to four tenants. And and I'm no engineer, and I'm no ice maker, and I'm no nothing, but I, I've been around sports long enough to know that's a lot of use on an old building. And well, how long will that hold up? Um, we need the building. We got to get to the building. The city needs the building. The fans need the building. Uh don't don't give me this. Well, I don't want to pay for rich athlete stuff. That's not what this is about. This is about making sure that this remains a world class, viable city. It needs a anyway. We'll talk about that with David Leg coming up here. Oh, probably in about twenty twenty five minutes. See this? It's a pink shirt. You wearing your pink shirt today? Now, of course, you could be listening to this podcast, and it won't be pink shirt day. But it is pink shirt day today. Um, very much something that I think is important. Uh, we talked yesterday about this program. This program is inclusive. This program is for everybody. Everybody is welcome here. Doesn't matter gender, sexuality, age, all of that. Come on board. Let's be sports fans together. Um, one of the unique and real cool opportunities of my time at CSEC was working with the Calgary Hitman. And what really, uh, grabbed my attention was uh, the 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 power of sport and how it can do good uh today was be brave uh, tell us be brave or be brave brought to you by uh, doesn't matter to me i'm not responsible for that anymore but anyway uh the calgary hitman's annual school day game they, they were playing the winnipeg ice my understanding is they had about eleven thousand school kids signed up registered 160 buses that made their way to the dome today um, this game is the brainchild of Melissa Blades, who now runs the uh, Calgary Roughnecks. It was operated today by Amy Bontorin, uh, and the logistics of getting the buses and all was taken care of by Dallas Kitt. Uh, three outstanding managers, young managers over at CSEC, so, um, and leaders too. Uh, I'll say that, uh, particularly Amy, I think is a really strong uh, leader. And she doesn't have a big staff, but they put this thing on today. And it's important. It's a way of using sport and the, the, the platform of sport to get a really important message out. Everybody knows why we're wearing pink shorts, short shirts and shorts, but pink shirts today. It's bully prevention, anti-bullying. And again, I will unabashedly wave the flag for this city in the work that is being done by different groups and individuals in that uh, space. I'll start with the respect group, Sheldon Kennedy and Wayne McNeil. Um, that program, by now, I'm pretty sure I'm talking to an audience that's either taken respect in sport or respect in the workplace. 
Um, a lot of that has to do with bullying behavior and, and conflict resolution. Um, classroom champions, Steve Messler and his group, uh, maybe one of the best untold stories in all of Calgary sport. Here's a 2010 gold medalist with the uh, USA bobsleigh team. Stays and trains in Calgary, lives in Calgary, and starts this group called Classroom Champions. Um, and and it's over a decade now, it's provided social emotional learning for K through eighth grade uh, for kids in remote locations all across North America using Olympic athletes and professional uh, sports athletes to again talk about social emotional learning, which impacts bullying and and the behavior of bullying. Um, Randy Chevrier, Randy Chevrier, three-time Grey Cup champion, Randy Chevrier, arguably perhaps the greatest long snapper in the history of the CFL. Here he is. He's now with the fire department. He was again, part of, uh, the be brave presentation. This is, this is really cool. I like this here. This was, uh, this was something that we were able to do during COVID when we, we couldn't bring kids into the dome. We, we broadcasted it and the first year, so would have been 2021, um, we had in the neighborhood of uh, 700 schools across Canada sign up and participate and Randy led the online. That was over 60,000 kids and Randy has worked for TELUS, he's worked for Dare to Care, another Calgary-based group and that man right there has done more for bully prevention in our city than anybody else. So uh, you add to that, um, you know, the the corporate work of TELUS and, and certainly the commitment of CSEC and the Calgary Hitman. And today is a really important day. So I hope everybody wore the pink and, and has really good conversations. But I credit uh, about that. I credit Randy because R Randy really, when we started this, uh, or when, when Randy and I started having conversations about this, that's the better way of saying it. It had already been running. You know, part of the feedback was, you know, teachers would bring uh, school kids to to the Be Brave game, but they're still hitting, and and the, the odd time there was a fight. And you know, how can you do that in a a bully prevention game when you're talking about bullying behaviors? It's important that this is a conversation and not just a whole bunch of talking points. And I credit Randy with that because Randy was kind of the first person to kind of point out to me. And it makes a lot of sense. And it is part of this conversation. There's a difference. There's a difference between bullying and conflict. There is. Sometimes they look the same, but there is a difference. And, and one of the great videos that, that were shot by the outstanding group at, at CSEC, uh, their video productions uh, crew led by Carlo Petrini and, and P Peter Stewart, was a video that Randy put out about that difference. So today, we certainly want to make sure that we recognize the importance of it. We want to recognize um, the work that the Calgary Hitman put into getting the message out there. Um, you know, I, uh, transparency. I mean, I, I think if we're all really, I'm looking into a camera, you're listening or watching or whatever. We all have moments um, and stories of that. And, and certainly, uh, you know, I've been on both sides of the fence, bullied as a kid. And, and unfortunately, I, I think I have some examples in my earlier life where I was a bully. And, you know, thank God I got, you know, smartened up and, and realized it and, and, and take care of people. That's why you have these days. That's why it's so important to have 
be brave. That's why it's so important to have the schools, both the, the you know, the CCSD and CBE and the rurals uh, participate. And I think the rurals are actually off. So I'm not even sure the rural schools were involved this year. Um, so again, credit to, uh, to Amy Bontorin for running an excellent event today at the Dome. Credit to Dallas Kitt for the logistics and, and Melissa Blades for uh, the idea and, and, and getting the thing off the ground a number of years ago. By the way, uh, if you're keeping track at home, uh, one of the other strengths of this here city is we sure are creating some pretty significant female leaders in sport. I just named three of them right there. And uh, that's, that's another feather in our cap. All right. Oh, I wanted to do this because I'm not sure if you're aware of this. Where is it here? Where is it? Nothing like reading on the old. Uh, oh, this segment, this segment brought to you by you. It's brought to you by you, your business, organization, or event. Just think about it. If you have a message to get out there, if you have a brand to get out there, if you want to talk to the ever-growing audience of the Nation Network, what better platform than right here? What better platform? Get a hold of us. In particular, get a hold of Jared Sharp. Uh, to do that, I'll do a little self-plug here. Go to my website, uh, robkerr.ca slash sponsorship. robkerr.ca slash sponsorship. Send us a note. How, how can we, how can we work together? How can nobody more creative than us in this industry? How can you and I and everybody work to get your message out there? Cause you brought us this segment, David Lake from Mount Royal is going to join us in a little while. Uh, meanwhile, last night in the old national hockey league, some guy, some guy. Oh, I hate this. I hate this show number two. And I'm already, uh, mix something, uh, McDavid. 545 games to get to 800 points. 545 games to get to 800 points. So put this in perspective. Nobody's going to be surprised with the guy that got to 800 points in the National Hockey League the quickest. That's Wayne Gretzky. 352. 352. So if you're keeping track, um, yeah, it looks like 193 games quicker than, than Connor did. Uh, Lemieux, 410 games to get to uh, 800 points. Mike Bossy, this one surprised me a little bit. I knew Bossy was a goal scorer. I knew that, but Bossy got to 800 points in 525 games and maybe the most forgotten superstar in the National Hockey League, Peter Stastny, 531 games to get to 800 points. And, and when I say that, I mean, if you go to a bar, sports bar or you have your buddies over to your man cave or you and the ladies are out you know whatever you know having dinner and you start talking about you know bygone eras and point producers how 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 quickly does peter stastny's name come up in the conversation gretzky lemieux sure coffee absolutely messier you know mcdonald but peter stastny mm, takes a while so anyway mcdavid the fifth fastest this is where i wanted to go so if you look, you're looking at players that played predominantly in the 80s, a little bit in the 70s, a little bit in the 90s, but predominantly in the 80s. Um, and, and that, you know, exemplifies what we call 80s hockey, correct? Yeah, sure does. Now, Connor McDavid got to 800 points um, in 26 games quicker than Sidney Crosby. 
Sidney Crosby got to 800 points in 571. Now, and I'm bear with me here, the point I'm trying to make. Crosby, Ovechkin, Ovechkin was next, 658 games to get to 800 points. Uh, Malkin, 680 games to get to 800 points. Not bad. Stamkos, 779 games to get to 800 points. And Patrick Kane, who, by the way, is on the trade block, 786 games to get to 800 points. I mean, I'm no math wizard, but Kane there is almost a point a game clip, right? Whereas Gretzky, uh, you know, well over two points a game. Why I bring this up is Connor McDavid is smack dab in between two eras of this game. He is smack dab between the players that played in the 80s and really the players that were the most productive in the last decade or so, maybe last 15 years, if we're going to be fair. Think about that. He's head, he's 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 a head, not heads and tails, but a head above everybody else in this era, not quite caught up to that other era. Just a great conversation piece. I don't have a, a theory. I don't have anything other than the fact that I am fascinated that the best player I think we've seen since Gretzky and Lemieux, and that's up for debate. I, I have no doubt there's backers of, of Ovechkin and Crosby. Um, and I think completely different eras, but he's smack dab in between two eras. He's not done. He's nowhere near done. He is going to continue to dominate this league. He is going to continue to run roughshod. Uh, over lower opposition, uh, better opposition, all the opposition. Um, he's, he's, you know, he's an incredible player. He is an incredible player. His legacy is not written. So I'm not, you know, I don't look at that list and go, well, he's, you know, he's not as good as Gretzky. He's not as good as, or he's bad. His, let, let's just let the kid run the, you know, he's got to win a bit. You know, I think that, um, so the four guys above him, Gretzky, Lemieux, Bossy, all won. I don't think we look at Stastny and go, well, you know, but, but again, kind of forgotten and all that. So um, trade deadline, just a couple of notes on that. Uh, we are nine days away. The Canucks will sit Luke Shen. Uh, they are going to sit him down now for trade-related reasons. Uh, the Flames have been linked to Luke Shen by some, so... We'll see how that see how that all plays itself out. Um, and speaking of guys that um, have been sat because of trade related reasons, uh, Chikrin not expected to play tonight against Calgary. He will sit out his sixth straight game. Another podcast, uh, Bob McCown's podca- uh, podcast, had uh, Bill Daly on last week uh, from the National Hockey League, and he was asked a specific question by John Short about whether uh, John Short by John Shannon. Uh, whether or not he was concerned about players being sat out for these reasons. Um, and he gave the typical NHL answer. We're aware of it. We're monitoring it. Um, I'm, you know, we've had the load management qu- uh, conversation and debate in basketball for a long time. You know, should we sit superstar players uh, just because they're tired and just, you know, to give them some rest? Um this isn't load management. This is all about getting the best possible asset. You don't want the player hurt. Timo Meyer, who, you know, might be the best available player. He's been sitting out because of injury. You know, I, I don't think it's life-threatening or anything like that. Um, you know, Patrick Kane 
is on fire right now uh, at a hat trick over the weekend and and continues his toward base. He, he uh, that's probably the most obvious case of I want out of here as I've ever seen. Um, you know, down on the lip when. Tarasenko was uh, traded to the New York Rangers. I think he wanted to go there. Uh, everybody that comes through asks him. Uh, he's been linked all over. He's going somewhere. I, I don't know if you caught Frank Saravelli um, on the uh, barn burner um, or his own podcast, but certainly, uh, you know, Kane is somebody, Patrick Kane is certainly somebody everybody's watching. So nine days to go. Uh, Flames in Arizona tonight. Uh, it will be Dan Vildar uh, for Calgary, 11, six and four. Um, Against the against the Arizona team, let's nine point uh, game points in nine games. Nobody's got a longer streak currently in the National Hockey League. Um, you know, they are. I don't know what to make of them. You know, at the beginning of the year, it just looked like, ah, they're, you know, they're going to go in there and they're just going to torch it and be right there for for Connor Bedard. They are not. Um, to be perfectly honest, they're really not that much further back than the Flames. They are. They're not in a playoff hunt right now, but, you know, they've got 20 wins. Calgary's got 26 wins. Um, there are teams that are a lot worse off right now than the Arizona Coyotes. So Calgary and the Coyotes will battle it out. Uh, and I did mention this. Uh, you can join uh, Dean Boomer Molberg and Ryan Pinder live from Gray Eagle. Immediately following that game, they will be bringing you Afterburner right here on the nation network in a couple of minutes we are going to hook up with david leg uh, from mount royal university lots to talk about with david it comes out of a conversation that we had yesterday uh, about this city uh, with ryan pike if you didn't hear the podcast yesterday i would encourage you to go back uh, ryan uh, managing editor editor at uh, at flamesnation.ca does a great job of covering the um, the arena we got into it a little bit probably not as as detailed as as he would have liked or i would have liked um, and we'll do that in a future program. Uh, but we certainly had a, I think, set a really good tone on, on the, you know, the conversation. And I think Ryan has a very steady hand on, you know, where everything sits. I, I tend to fly off the handle a little bit. You know, I'd like to see some pictures. Show me what you're building. Tell me what you're building. Where are you going to build it? All of those sort of things. We really haven't had much of that publicly since Calgary Next. And even that wasn't, you know, the real real deal we you know they, they were still didn't know how many washrooms we we're gonna have and all it was a th at that time it was more of an idea ken king was selling an idea of calgary next rather than a plan for calgary next if that makes any sense so we'll get into it with dave uh, he by the way one of the uh, brightest minds in our city when it comes to sport and recreation um, was a huge part of the active city collective we might even talk a little bit about that that, uh, I don't think a lot of people know about. So in a second, we will get to my friend. But before we do that, let me just remind you one more time that we are in the Oodle Noodle Studios. We bring the heat. Try the butter chicken mac and cheese, the Kung Pao noodles, the Bangkok Pad Thai classic. They've also got vegetarian and gluten-friendly options. Uh, pick up and delivery at their two locations, 1244 17th Avenue Southwest, 105 Main Street North in Airdrie. Uh, let's do this with uh, no further delay. Uh, a gentleman who is helping me out a, a great deal. We were scheduled to talk to David uh, actually next week. So we bumped it up a little bit, partially because of the conversation yesterday and a little bit because of the, the glitch we had getting Peter Marr on today. Uh, he is, well, 
He is Mr. Everything at Mount Royal University. But technically, sport and recreation management is where you will find him. He's the number one producer of sports managers and leaders in this country right now. Uh, would you please welcome uh, the co-host of the legendary podcast, Solve uh, <laughs> Nothing. How are you, sir? I am very good. Nice to see it. I'm hungry listening to all that talk about those oodles and noodles. Oodle noodle studio, baby. Right? Are you pro noodle? Because I am. I'm very pro noodle. I I'm very much for pro noodles. I, yeah, I'm, you, not gonna, I'm not going to say I'm not pro noodle. You're not uh, pro noodle. You are pro noodle. I am pro noodle. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, before we get to what we're going to get to. I have thank, to thank uh, you. Thank you, by the way, for that very kind introduction. I'm not sure any of it was true, but it sounded great. Yeah, but, you know, right now I need ratings. So <laughs> I'm just right. If I have to bullface lie to people just to get them to stay, that, that's the position we're in right now. Uh, yeah, uh, okay. Right. By the way, uh, kudos to you. Uh, I see what you're wearing there. I see what you're wearing there. Eh? Oh. Every Child Matters uh, uh, sweatshirt. I like it. Good yeah. on you. Eh? Are, you know who will like that? Our mutual friend, Dr. Tyler White, who is watching this program right now. Ah, hi, Tyler. <laughs> Dr. White. It's it's got such a small audience that we can shout out all of them, right? We can say hi to everybody. He is okay. I, yeah. Okay, so wait. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I'll stop no, talking. Go ahead. go ahead. Well, you because you had thrown you had sent to me what you wanted to talk about, and you were saying, yep, how we didn't have like a hero. We didn't have a right. Uh, well, Frank King. Yeah, yeah. Well, really, anyways, Frank King. So you sent me that note, and I was just I just finished walking my dog about an hour ago, and and so during my walk, yeah, I was like, Kerr is he's that's not true. Like, and so and Tyler White, I made a list. I made a list of all. You made of a list of potential heroes. Right here. Okay. Um, and Tyler White, right there. Right at the top. Is it the right at the top? It's right at the top. So for those who don't know, Dr. Tyler White is the head of uh, Siksika Health. Um, and the the sweatshirt that that my dear friend is wearing is part of the Every Child Matters uh, game with the Calgary Hitman. There's another familiar thread today. Because today was today's pink shirt day. You know that, eh? Right. Yes, I do. And I, actually, I, I, I couldn't find my pink shirt. I think one of my kids took it. Um, that, sounds, that. That, was, that sounds about right. Yeah. That sounds about right. But back to Dr. White, um, he, along with, I would say, Brent Dodging Horse and some others have been absolutely instrumental in the last couple of years in particular about raising um, the, the truth and reconciliation, oh. uh, you know, questions and the, the, the whole, uh, you know, we're doing this podcast, you know, on, you know, treaty seven land right um and i i believe have they've made a huge impact on how people view that i think early on it was like oh what now what no now once you understand it thanks to the stories and thanks to the the work of of dr white and dodging horse and your brent i should say and all all of these other people uh but right at the top of the list yeah yeah i i can see that um let alone the work that he's done in the health side like that that's the thing that nobody i don't think people People in the public don't appreciate or don't know, not appreciate, don't know the work that he's done behind the scenes. That That's where I'll leave that. Fair? So anyways, so going back to your kind of your comment, again, it was, you know, it was a quick kind of, you know, correspondence between you and me on, mm -hmm. on text. 
And I started thinking about like no Frank King, like no, no hero to kind of galvanize them. They're like, holy cow. You know, you could argue actually that we are at a point in Calgary and kind of the Calgary in the Bow Valley corridor or the mm-hmm. Calgary area. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, I, like it took me, took me 15 minutes to come up with a list of like 20 plus names of people that I would argue are leaders nationally um, within the sport and recreation sphere. And, you know, I, I, I would say, I, I'm, I'm not sure you can name another locale that has the number and the quality of leaders and heroes that we have in sport and recreation management. We might be at the, like at the, yeah the, at peak, at peak leadership right here within okay. the Calgary market. So what it leads me to believe is that maybe the question was flawed because I, I I have never said there aren't outstanding people here. And maybe by using that term hero, I've kind of boxed myself into a corner. But my, my point is right now, I feel we live in a very fractured society right now. I believe you're labeled left, right, whatever, you know, we don't have to get into the politics part of it. But it seems like everybody's in a different camp. Everybody's in a different tribe, politically, socially, whatever you want to say. Who unites them? Who stands up? Who stands up in the case of an arena? And I cannot believe that it's 2023 and we are having this conversation when I believe one of our first podcasts that you and I did would have been 2016-ish and was on this topic. And nothing has happened. Well, I mean, things have happened, but we're no further ahead than we were in 2016, let alone with the announcement of Calgary Next prior to that, let alone the decade before that one was talked about. Who gets, who stands up, and we went through this with 2026 in the Olympic bid, right? Who stands up and galvanizes the city? Who stands up and people who don't agree listen? That's that's what I'm looking for, David. That's what well, That's the person I'm looking for. Well... Maybe Mm -hmm. because the context is different than it was in the eighties when Frank King and his, and his group, you know, people like Roger Jackson, Frank King um, were able to bring the Olympic games here in 1980. It's, it's a, it's a different world. Um, And so because of, because of the internet um, and because of social media and because, you know, everybody's got a platform Mm -hmm. (laughs) to talk. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to Just a Game with Rob Kerr here on the Nation Network. <laughs> you know, to share opinions. Um, it's it's a different context. And mm-hmm. so I don't know if it's if it's even possible for there to be the one person um to kind of step forward and to galvanize and to lead everybody. And I would argue, again, I think this, I think this list, I'm gonna hang on to this list because I think it's gonna be valuable one day. Um I think it's a collective of people. And so, okay, so let's, let's talk about the event center as an example. Yes. It's a complicated issue. Um, but you could argue that the ownership of the Calgary flames, like you, can, there's, you can't drive around the city and not see their names either publicly noted on a hospital or some kind of, you know, entity where they have been great community agreed uh, stewards agreed. and, and supporters. Yeah. And so, you know, the ownership of the Calgary Flames is is remarkable, whether it's Shaw Cherry Classic. I mean, you could just go down the list of things mm-hmm. that they are somehow connected to and have supported over the years. So there's that side of it. So there's leadership, there's leadership there. There's leadership internally within CSEC, John Beans of the world, 
um, you know, the Ken Kings previously to that. You've got the leadership at the at the civic level. Um, like you think about, we, you know, we talked about the Active City Collective and some yeah. of the the key, you know, political leaders. Well, Jody Gondek, who's now our mayor, she was one. She she was the person. She was the council member that came to our very first Active City meeting. Right. Um, you know, the Jeff Davisons, the, the George Shahals. So I mean, you know, you think about George Shahal and his leadership from a federal um, political leadership, and then Jasmine Meehan right. as a new city council member who's now taking on the leadership of the field house. So I mean, there's political leadership that I would say is excellent. So it's not one person. It's it's going to be a it's going to be that galaxy of leaders that I think help get us to where it is we need to be as a city. And yeah, maybe we're not moving as quickly as you and I would like. Right. But it's a different context now and I would like to think and I'd like to hope anyways mm-hmm. that taking our time, being a bit more thoughtful, yep. And, you know, and the event center, I think, is a good example as any. You know, they were still talking about different, the Calgary Next, which I loved. I loved that whole concept. Yep. But at the time, it wasn't the right choice. And we've debated and deliberated. And what I'm hoping, and maybe I'm naive, that's possible. Um, or maybe I'm just, you know, open, overly optimistic. But my hope is that we're going to actually have the best ultimate result from this collective leadership then even if we did have one person step forward and kind of ram stuff through. Um, so I'm not, I, I, I'm not actually disappointed with the process that has unfolded as it has. So less Batman, more justice league. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> I, I, again, and respectful and we, we should point out uh, because I mentioned it, you mentioned it. The active city collective was a group that was put together what four years ago now? Boy, it seems yeah. like yesterday. Yeah. But it was to to totally take an, an inventory and capture and quantify and explain to the entire world the sport and recreation footprint in Calgary in the Bow Valley Corridor in Southern Alberta, and and really put it into context so that people understood it. It's a big deal. Like it's the biggest driver of all when, when we want to talk about industry. Am, 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 have I said anything that's incorrect so far? No, no. Right. Uh, again, I, okay. And so you think about that act of that group. So really what, you know, if, if we were to go back in time, it was our disappointment with the plebiscite from the 2026 yep. Olympic and Paralympic games. Right. We recognize that, you know, our quote unquote industry, the ecosystem of sport yep. recreation, business and leisure was fractured. It wasn't working together as we would like it. And so if nothing else, really what we were trying to do was just bring people together to connect and to, to benefit from an economies of scale and just benefit from connecting, right? And that, that, that one, the recognition that we together are quite a significant economic driver. This you know idea of making Calgary and the Calgary region a livable city and a place where people want to come. You know, this, you know, David Finch, who was, you know, yep. one of the drivers of the creation of this, you know, his, his, you know, thing right now is this idea of being a talent magnet um, for young people who to come to Calgary and to continue making it a thriving um, center, regardless of, you know, whether it's tech or film or sport, et cetera, et cetera. Right, but, right. but this idea of sport and recreation being the magnet that attracts and retains talent um, to come to the city. But do you think about some of the names around the table for the Active City Collective? And again, mm-hmm. we talk about heroes and leaders. Mm-hmm. You know, Jason Ribeiro, right, with the you know the CEBL team coming to Winsport yep. um, in a couple of months' time. Ian Allison was there from Spruce yep. Meadows, right, and the stuff that he does with you know Calgary, Calgary, Calgary FC. You know, people like like Jeff Book at 
um, the MMP Center, Jennifer, you know, Conopaki at Wind Sports, Cynthia Watson at Vivo. I mean, like these people are doing like like Vivo is as good an example as any. I mean, like when they reopen their new facility in this indoor park in North Central Calgary, that's going to be mind blowing. I mean, it's going to be like the Calgary Library but in a recreation complex system where people are going to be talking about this globally and it'll get on the New York times list as far as, Oh, you need to come to Calgary and go check out this new indoor park because it's just blowing, you know, it's mic dropping in so far as the, how cool it is from a recreation innovative perspective. And so like, we've got tons of leaders here in Calgary and heroes that are doing unbelievable stuff. Um, I think sometimes we're almost like a little, I, I think it goes back to a conversation that we had almost when we started Active City. I mean, people just love to crap on others and people like to look, think, you know, down. Absolutely. But, and, and maybe that's where the genesis of this entire conversation comes from is I love this city. There's a lot that I like about this city. There is, but it doesn't feel like it has the same mojo that it did. It just, it, it feels like it's shuffling and not, taking big, long strides. That's what it feels like. And I'm not being critical of politicians. I'm not being critical of business. I'm just saying that it does for whatever reason. And, and, and part of it, and maybe it's because of the world I live in, but part of it is, is just kind of the absurdity of how all of these other cities and all of these other locations and all of these other leagues and all of these other teams, good, bad, or indifferent have found ways to get a building. And yet now we're heading into decade number two. And there's yeah, okay. going to be buildings that there's going to be buildings in the same league that this one is primarily used for that will be the second generation while this one's still been around. If you know what I mean? There are going to be teams that are going to open up new buildings prior to this one closing that will be the second building that's open or whatever. I, I'm I'm talking to myself here, but you know what I'm trying to say that they've had two buildings while we've had to have this one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's. But I, I'm not sure that's a bad thing. Um, part of it is I like the saddle. Um, <laughs> so, so I'm probably biased in that respect. Okay, yeah. okay, so we don't have a building. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we don't. Um, it it will get it'll happen, and when it does, I don't know. But you sound it. like Ken King in 2011, I, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I. How do you know it's going to happen? I mean, I know it's going to happen too, but why am I count like it, it just? I, I'm just so sick and tired of, oh, there's a big concert announcement, and you got to, oh, good, who's going to Edmonton and not coming here? Yeah, okay. I, yeah, I have to go see Luke Combs up in uh, Edmonton this summer. There's a good example. Um, but be that be that what it may. Okay. Um, okay. That's that's one that's one issue. I I get yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and it's being worked on, and it's it it, it is it's it's a, it's not an insignificant thing, um, but. We could also, again, we're going back to the heroes thing, and I'm just looking at my list over here. Can you name another city that has the, you know, the the Shonda Crawfords, the the Becky Scott, no, no, the, Kevin, no, the Kevin Hodgins who do the heroes? Like, no, I can't. Again, like we've got unbelievable people doing unbelievable great things on and, a and, programming level. And it sounds like I'm crapping all over them. I am not. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that you're crapping on. No, 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 no. But I, but, there, but none of the people that you have mentioned can stand up in front of this entire city and gain their attention, right? To your point, maybe, maybe society has changed. But of, of those people that you mentioned, how many can stand up? And again, 
bring people over from the other side. That was the tone deafness of the entire Winter Olympics debate. One yeah. side, neither side would listen to either side, would they? Yeah, yeah. And again, I don't know. I, like that, like that might be, it might be Mission Impossible. Um, maybe, now to, maybe to find that to find that singular person as opposed to a, a collective. And so, again, you think about the, the people that we've already just talked about. And these are yep. people that you and I know. You know, the Absolutely. Jason Zarens, who are doing the Fieldhouse Society. Yep. Um, I, I mean, like, like if all these people, and this was this was the whole Active City step, yep. right? If all right. these people came together yep. as a collective. Um, as a one entity mm-hmm. to not push an agenda, but to promote, to yep. advocate. Um, there's like there's, I think there's pretty significant potential there for that collective leadership um, to galvanize and to kind of push Calgary forward as that magnet that you know David Finch talks about that will attract people and kind of change a bit of this mojo maybe that you're talking about. Would you, we'll go back to that. Do you agree with that? I mean, you've been really good about, you know, entertaining my questions, but I haven't heard you. Do you agree with me that we we're a little down in the lip right now? Where are the X games? Where, where are the, you know, where are the winter tournaments? Where are, you know, the major ones, right? Yeah. I, have we lost a little of that? I think we have. I, I'm not sure we have. Okay. I think, okay. I, I, I think we have insofar as that we keep talking about it. Um, and, you know, there was that period of time where we thought we had the X Games and then we didn't have the X Games. Mm-hmm. We thought we would get the potential to bid for the 2026 Olympic and Paralympic Games. Yeah. We didn't. You know, it was the same time that the event center conversations, right. you know, were right. closed. Right. Um, it was also, you know, a time of COVID and, or not, it was pre-COVID, but, and then COVID happened. Um, hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
And so, yeah, I think, but so maybe all those things kind of, there was that collection of all these things that happened that created this sense perhaps of Calgary down on self. And, you know, there's the, there was the, and although I don't know if it was ever proven that there was an exodus of people from Calgary as opposed to, you know, more people coming to Calgary, which had been a trend that had been yeah. developing, you know, for quite some time. Right. Um, and I think, I think we had seen ourselves as this, you know, the one shining light, you know, people, everybody wanted to come to Calgary. Our office towers were full. And now all of a sudden we're realizing that there's this, you know, empty office business. But, but I would say that just in the last half year, we've seen, I would think a, a change in tone. So whether it's, yes. you know, being on television or, you know, the, the last of us, um, Vincent or Candy is stellar algal having this deal with the end. Well, no, no, you're at there. Absolutely. And I'm glad you brought that up because I, you know, I've got a meeting now on Monday with a member of council because I mentioned that to him at an event last week. I said, do you understand the hub that we are? Like, I don't want anybody going away from this thinking that Rob's, you know, mad at the city or down on, I'm not, I'm the opposite of that. There is so much good stuff going on. Stellar Algo. Um, uh, the, uh, oh boy. I could have, I would have listed them off, off the top of my head. Oh, yeah. Steve Messler, classroom champions. There's, you know, I, I could keep going on and on. There's another, another guy in my list. Who's that? Steve Messler. Oh, Messler see, another guy at some list. point we're going to have to either while I'm talking, just point it up at the camera and people can read it or, or send it to me and we'll print it. But uh, no, 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 no. And I, you know, let me, oh boy, we're in show number two. And guess what? I'm going to argue against myself for the first time. Didn't take long, did it? I would say that the complete outlier in this is the Shaw Charity Classic. Because that is a world-class event. That to me is a Calgary event. Yeah. That's the 88 kind of mystique that our city has that event. And it pains me to talk about the little white ball in the clubs. It pains me, but it is world-class and we have stellar algo and we have headversity and, and we have, um, um, oh, I'm trying to remember, uh, uh, manifesto sports, right? Russell Rhymes. So Ru Russell's Russell guy manifesto. I mean, manifesto. Manifesto. We have this. But we don't have a freaking arena. Nobody talks about you're in my favorite CFL team's home enough. I know it shows up every once in a while. And oh, by the way, Kamloops, Regina, and Saskatoon, Fieldhouse, Calgary, Bupkis. The number one unfunded need since before I was born. <laughs> now you're getting fired I, up. Now yeah. I'm getting fired up. Yeah, yeah. Day, okay. two, day two, the, the gloves come off. Yeah, no, okay, that, so that's what I'm saying. And and maybe, David, the thing that you've shown me is that maybe my question has been flawed. Maybe it's not about a hero, but it's about that collective group and how do we get over the freaking hump around here? Because, you know, there was a celebration for the 35th anniversary of the 88 Olympics. And at some point, you know, the the, the time's going to run out and we can start talking about the, the way that thing got put on. Cause there was stuff that happened to make the 88 Olympics that wasn't copacetic. Didn't exactly follow the rules, but we needed it. We wanted it. We got it done. And I'm not, I'm not saying anything dramatic. I'm just saying that when 
everybody comes together and says, we want this, you make it happen. And I, this whole thing from day one has been us versus them. And it just seems to me that, you know, us versus them on a, a stadium, us versus them on a field house, us versus them. And I've said this before, and God bless him if he's watching because he got so angry with me. He got so angry with me, my good friend, Connor Ryan Singh. I remember saying one time, you know, everybody's upset about the amount of money that's going to be contributed to an arena. Well, here's the deal, folks. The same amount, if not more, was contributed to that underpass at the airport. Okay? <laughs> I have never gone under it. Not once. Never. And I may never. But my city needed it. I went to the, okay, you brought it up before. I went to the library, the big fancy library. The Boy, now, see, I just did that, and that indicates that I'm crapping all over it. I went to the library. It's nice. It's excellent. Cool. But it's not me, and I don't need it. But I'm okay. We we spent money on it. But this, well, you can't spend my dollars on this, or I don't want my, that BS, it's it's holding us back of what our potential could be. I, and, we, and we have all, we are a hub. We are a center to your list of, uh, you, I'll add one more to that. What other city produces women leaders in sport at a higher rate than the city of Calgary? Oh, yeah, yeah. Listen, I mean, we could we, we could, could spend we, a lot yeah, of like Katrina Lamay Domes, the Mary Morant. Like we could go, like, we could spend a lot of time. Okay, so you you identified kind of the three infrastructure things, which are obviously getting under your crop. Um, <laughs> so the event center, yep, McMahon Stadium, football yep. stadium, yep, and a field house. And uh, you know what? Let me, since you got your fingers up, throw a fourth one in the air, kids. Throw a finger in the air. I want a baseball field or a, a baseball stadium. Oh, all right. Can, can I? Or should we just stick with the three? Well, <laughs> let's focus on the three first. All right, let's focus on the three. We tried baseball multiple times, and the number of games that got snowed out um, is yes, long. Yes, the Okotoks dogs do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And which I love. I love that stadium. And where are we? Where are you and I going to bring our purse personal, uh, purse, uh, close personal friend Jesse Cole and the Savannah Bananas? Where are we going to play when we bring them here? Because yeah. we are going to bring them here. That would be pretty cool. Anyways, okay, that's a whole list. We don't want to use all our ideas up with the one. I'm like, this is. You think this is all my ideas? <laughs> <laughs> Ask my wife. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair all enough. Right. Um, I, I think those three facilities yeah. are going to happen. Um, but like, they haven't. Why? Well, because it's complicated. And Calgary, Calgary is an interesting place insofar as, you know, who owns the facility, who owns the land the facility's on, who manages the facility. And so it's not, it's not easy. And it's as we found out, who's responsible for cleaning it up? Yeah, it's often a different, like, right. So, I mean, all these things make it not very easy yeah. Uh, yeah. to make a decision. Yeah. But I have, I have confidence. I have, I'm, the process will unfold as it should. And now it may not happen as quick as I'd like, because it would have been done already. Right. Um, but I still am confident. <sighs> okay. Yeah. I am not. I want to be. I really, really want to be. Um, 
you know, and it's, I'm so glad you brought up Vincent Arcanda and, and Stellar Algo and all of these other groups, um, because I don't want anybody thinking that, you know, woe is us, you know, I, I, I we've got so much going on that we should have swagger. We have so much going on that our lips shouldn't be hanging, but every once in a while, it just feels like, holy crap, you got to go see Luke Skywalker, whoever up in Edmonton, cause he's not playing here. Um, you know, we've always played that game with McMahon and, and, uh, uh, Commonwealth, right. We don't get the, you know, stones or whoever's playing the, the outdoor shows. You got to go up there. To I'm still trying to figure out your Luke Skywalker. Well, who are you going to see? You said you want to see Luke somebody. Luke, Luke Combs. Oh, cool. Is he, a, I, I'm guessing a country artist. That's what I'm guessing. Sure. Hope my good friend, George Canyon isn't watching or I'm in. <laughs> Anywho, um, okay, but they're not coming here. And and the field house is so frustrating to me, right? This the field house is so frustrating to me. McMahon is so frustrating to me. Like the you know, a completely different conversation is the CFL and where we're going there. But if you're not worried about the CFL right now, no, I, I didn't say I wasn't. You no, know, I didn't say you were. I wasn't talking specifically to you. I'm just looking at the camera, but I wasn't talking specifically to you. <laughs> I, listen, I think I think the CFL. I I love I love the CFL. I, I love the CFL. I know you do. Um, I love football. Yeah. And so I again, I am optimistic that it's going to thrive. Did you watch the XFL this weekend? I did not. Me, me, you know, it just seemed like all of those other incarnations. It was always oh, you got to kind of watch that first game. What's it all about? And that it just passed me by. That one just passed me by. It's like. It's almost like, yeah, okay, spring football, whatever. Well, I There's think, no excitement I, for it. I, I, we're going to go in a different direction here. Is that okay? Is that what Yes, doing? it's my show. We go where you want to go. <laughs> well, with football, mm -hmm. I mean, like I, like I still remember the, uh, the USFL when it started. Sure. Um, and I think in part where people were interested in that was because like, there wasn't this oversaturation of NFL. Um, and college, U.S. college football in particular. So like from September to February, I mean, you can watch an NFL football game almost every night of the week. Uh, it's or true. Major, yeah, or very close. U.S. Yeah. college game. Yep. It's I mean, they're, they're on all the time, which don't get me wrong. I yeah. absolutely love, and I would love it to continue. But I think what happens is that, you know, once the Super Bowl's over, people are just like, oh, football's over. And right. that's not, you know, there is a little bit of me that's sad, um, and, I always, and I'm already looking forward to the NFL draft, but I don't think it's the same as when, you know, 30 years ago when there was still, cause you could only watch the Sunday and the Monday night game. Yeah. So now I, I, I think people are just almost like, okay, I'm taking a break from football because I've just watched so much of it yep. um, the last five months. Yep. So I think that's why things like the XFL or whatever the incarnations are of the different leagues in the United States in particular. And I think that's where the CFL could like people have talked about changing the CFL schedule, but I'm not sure that's the best idea. I think keeping it where it is, is not such, cause it gives people a bit of a break. Right. And then they get ready for football again in June right. and right. it's, it's, it's fresh. I, 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 what you said makes sense. It's wrong, but it makes sense. Um, the reason, <laughs> no, <laughs> the reason is the original USFL, like didn't Jim Kelly play in that? You know, didn't yeah, they? Herschel, have, and Herschel Walker. Right. That's right. That's when Donald Trump was the owner of the. Right. 
So New they Jersey, the New Jersey Generals. We're gonna beat the NFL. We're gonna beat the NFL. And if you remember the first time Vince McMahon fired up the XFL, we're gonna beat the NFL. We're gonna beat right. the NFL. He right. He hate me. Oh, Rod Smart, <laughs> former Eskimo, great. Um, but having said all of that, they don't do that anymore. So there's no reason to watch it. We are subservient. We are not the alternative. We're hoping to get some players in the NFL, and you know the the reincarnation of what the USFL, whatever that spring league was last year got a couple players but it's almost to me proves the point that unless you're the top dog unless you're the big league you really can't draw ratings where it matters the most in television and you really don't garner the attention and i i wonder if you know the reason those leagues failed was they took on the nfl and i'm wondering if some sometimes the reason these other leagues fail is because they're not trying to take on the nfl who are you watching you know, uh, Bethel Thompson, I hear, is going to play in the USFL. You going to tune in for that? Right? Yeah. Okay, so are we, are we talking about the CFL now? Is that where we're... We can talk about the CFL. I just, it was just a, because I know you're a football guy, but I also know you pay attention to the what's going on in the sports. I just, I was just caught off guard that the XFL started and nobody, like, who cares? You know, remember the last pomp and circumstance that it had. Even though the last incarnation that didn't, you know, finish the season had pomp and circumstance. This just kind of like, ah, you know, we're going to try some things. We're going to test some things. Here we go. There's a lot, like, there's a lot happening, right? So, I mean, it's there is. You're right. It's it's tough to cut through kind of what's popular and what's going on, right? I mean, the NBA, so this is the last weekend, right? I mean, NBA All-Star Game, the NHL was back after its All-Star break. Mm-hmm. Um, there was tennis, like, I think there was a tennis tournament going on in Brazil. There's, you know, like there's stuff happening all yeah. the time in any number of different sports and there's, it's the proliferation of it. And so to cut through all that and to get people's attention is tough. This, okay. So let's, let's, can I, can I take this on a CFL? Rant? You, yes, please do. Cause I, this is a sports talk show. <laughs> well, By the way, let me do this. I'm in the oodle noodle studio. Um, and we're not just crazy about noodles. No, 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 no. We put the same energy back into the community. We do. Uh, it's two locations, 1244 17th Avenue Southwest and 105 Main Street North Airdrie. Pick up and delivery. Because I think of you as a community guy. I'm a community guy. And, and so is Oodle Noodles. And I'm in the Oodles and Oodle Noodle studio. Anyway, CFL, we go. Okay. Yes. How much, like... I got to take a look at like, like, do I have like unlimited hours here? Like what's going on? Are you going to kick me out at some point in time? It's me. (laughs) Honest to God, they don't know what they signed up for. Let's give Rob Kerr a podcast. What's the worst thing that could happen? Can we go 24 hours? We'll find out. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, oh, the CFL. Okay. Hear me out. Yes. I think the CFL should focus less on televising their games yep. and more on making the in-game experience better for fans attending the games. Now I know that goes against kind of sport marketing 101 and that the TSN is the end all and be all. Mm-hmm. But again, hear me out. Yeah. Cause I think what's happening is that football games, because they're beholden to the, to the television schedule and commercials and stuff like that, like they just, they go on forever. Um, if, if you were to not televise all the games as much as you do and only have them prime certain games, certain times, mm-hmm. I think the in-game experience would be significantly more appealing to fans. You would get more people coming to the stadium 
to watch the games. And I would also go to more Canadian content. I would actually increase the number of Canadians um, that have to play and make it truly a Canadian game. And to maybe even, I don't want to say move away from the international strategy because I, sure. I think that's got some interesting opportunities with it too. Yep. But in particular, I think I think the Canadian one could be enticing to people um, and having more homegrown talent actually playing on the teams, focusing less on the TV timeout side of things. And so the games are happening quicker. Um, so people feel better going to a game and staying a whole game as opposed to committing right. you know, four or five hours that it takes to sometimes get through these games. Right. Um, I, I think, I think that's an option that the CFL could at least consider. Funny story about that. Um, I always knew who was hosting my show when I was on holidays because of the hate mail I would get um, <laughs> from people wanting to know why I wanted to get rid of Canadians. Um, <laughs> Because Kelly Kirsch would sometimes sub for me, and he'd go on every time. He'd go on this rant about getting rid of Canadians and making it an all-American league. And people got mad about that. And then they didn't pay attention to who was hosting the show, so they sent their hate mail to me. Um, I Listen, I think everything needs to be on. That's you know, It's funny, we were talking about the XFL. And when I was on the business side of this and had nothing to do with the CFL because I wasn't working in that industry, I was just kind of paying attention to it. I was so disappointed in the lack of... Um, nobody wanted to have the XFL conversation. Nobody. As soon as they found out that the two leagues were talking, everybody just slammed it. The diehard slammed it. The media slammed it. Slammed, not all of them. I mean, you can't paint with a brush. But it was so quickly dismissed. Um, I think everything's got to be on the table right now. I, I think it has to be a more entertaining product in the stands. Um, I think everybody tries, but I, I think part of the problem is um, – you know, we're still so cost conscious that we, you know, we stifle the, the people that, that entertain the fans. Like, we want your ticket money, but I'm not sure we want to spend any money entertaining you or it's all going into football operations or whatever. Um, I, I, you know, the television one's really interesting to me. Um, sport, particularly football in the States, really is the last bastion of cable television or, or over, or, you know, cable, or, you know, a network television. Let's go that way. Um, I'm really curious to see what happens with the next negotiations. I don't, I don't think anybody has, you know, I doubt very much that Rogers has any interest. I don't know if TSN has the same interest that they used to. Um, I think. Well, not, yeah. I think, I think those, I think somebody will come to that. I mean, there's just so many stations that need to have something on. Um, you, think, you would think, think you would think. Yeah. I, I, I want, again, it, it pains me because it seems like my entire adult life, my entire existence has always been about one fire or another with the CFL and, and how passionate I've loved it. And everybody loves it that I know. Anyway, I, I know it's different now. It's not like when we grew up and we were kids, everybody loved it, but it always just felt like it was one step away from the grave. And for a couple of decades there, it moved away. We got rid of the box magnet, and got rid of Federick and, and, you know, it, <laughs> oh, yeah. it seemed, right. You know, uh, Fred Fateri, everybody. Hey, that's day two. And we got into a Fred Fateri reference. Having said all of that, it just, it, it you know, I, I'm a little bit worried. I, I am worried about the CFL. I'm worried about it in this city. I'm worried about it in other cities. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think, I, I think the proliferation, again, this is another conversation we've had before, but I think the proliferation of sports gambling, sports wagering, and fantasy has been, you know, it, it's been like steroids for the NFL. 
if you look back in the last couple of decades. Yeah. But as it was, you know, and then the CFL's tried and the CFL makes runs at it, but it just doesn't have the sexy appeal, does it? In that in that area, in the fantasy gambling area is what I'm talking about. Yeah, but it could. Um, I don't I don't think it would take a lot to tweak it. Um kind of move in that direction i mean the, the gam- like the gambling piece in on in canada is still right. pretty nascent right i mean it's still evolving yes it um, is yeah, for sure it is but i would say fantasy you know i think there have been attempts and i'm not i'm not qualified to uh, adjudicate them or evaluate them but I, I think there have been attempts to try and do cfl fantasy uh, or some variation thereof or something like that uh, i just don't think it's ever caught right? yeah i, I well yeah, I was going to say, I think part of the challenge is that you don't get the, typically the continuity of players year after year after year. There's a bit of a carousel. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you, wouldn't wanna, you wouldn't want a legacy league, would you? Or a keeper league. And so, well, I, but I think, I think that creates some difficulties when you've got, you don't have players that kind of begin and end yeah. with a season and then continue the next season. and continue. Like, you, like it's, so it's hard to develop those relationships. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll save that because I want to be invited back. Oh, dude, you can come on Friday if you want. <laughs> like, why would we? Why would we limit the guests? I don't. I don't get. It. Um, okay, you were supposed to, now. Technically, you were supposed to be with us on Monday, so I do want to jump into that right now. Um, because tell us a little bit about the 2023 Alberta Adapted Physical Activity Symposium, uh, which you are part of, and I believe hosting, uh, starting next Thursday, but really on Friday and Saturday of next week. Well, thanks. Thanks for that. Um, yeah. So it's a, it's a symposium as the name suggests, uh, focusing on adapted physical activity. So that would be sport, recreation, physical education, leisure, et cetera, for people with a disability. So that's what we're focusing on people with impairment. Um, but that would include those with physical disability, intellectual disability, um, developmental delay, et cetera. Right. Um, so we have a number of great keynote speakers, including, you know, again, so an, another example of some local leadership, right? So mm-hmm. Christian Bag, who, you know, is kind of the founder and inventor of what's called the bowhead is this fantastic, basically a mountain bike for persons with spinal cord injury. Um, he's got this great little shop over by Windsport, down by the, the new uh, superstore. Like it's, so, I mean, there are incredible people doing incredible things yep. here locally, and he would be you know, just, just an example of that we got speakers from across the country coming, um, including academics from Western University of Saskatchewan, et cetera. So yeah, it should be, it should be a great event. It's at Mount Royal University. Tyler White's actually speaking at our opening on the Friday morning, Dr. White. Uh, yeah. Um, I would be more than happy to chat with people if they were interested in uh, coming and listening and, you know, learning more about this whole adapted ecosystem. Why does it, why does it matter? David, why, why does it matter? Well, it matters um, because sport and physical education and physical activity matters. And it's important for everyone. And for a long time, arguably still, um, people with impairment are not able to benefit to the same level um, or extent as people without impairment. Um, you know, as you drive around the city, you know, you see signs up for minor soccer or Mm -hmm. minor softball or whatever, like, and so from an able-bodied context, you kind of know 
that you know your kids can participate in minor hockey or soccer or baseball or whatever whatever the sport is like there's right. those opportunities exist and you know about them because you can see signs up and people talk about them etc right but in the impairment context in the disability context that's less easily available that information right. and so i mean again I, this is me pumping my own tires perhaps that's why we created the calgary adapted hub powered by jumpstart mm -hmm. was to kind of create that nexus that that central focus of a parent could phone up and say, Hey, I have a child who has muscular dystrophy. They're interested in skiing. Can you suggest an organization? And we could say, Oh yeah, you know, CADS at COP or Rocky mountain adapted out in Canmore. Like, and so those, those opportunities are in some cases or actually in many cases there, but everybody doesn't know about them. Yeah. Um, and so that's why hosting events where we bring our community together just to connect and kind of collect are so important because these are opportunities that should exist for everybody and they haven't always. And so what we're trying to do is just make sure that we, you know, rising tide raises all ships and we want to make sure that people with impairment disability are included in that. One of the uh, the terms, especially in the sports world, and I think in the business world, and, and I'm sure a lot of our, our podcast viewers and listeners have heard DEI, um, you know, diversity, uh, in, inclusion. Um, oh, I skipped over E. Sorry, equity, diversity, equity, inclusion. Is from your experience the fact that we're having these conversations as robustly as we are? Is that is the disability, uh, you know, disability sport when we're having that conversation? Sport is it getting the same recognition and the same attention that the rest of DEI is right now? Um, yeah, I, I have said before, so one of the classes that I teach at Mount Royal is adapted physical activity. Right. Um, and I would argue that disability within the context of quote unquote marginalized populations is perhaps not as discussed as others. Um, you know, here I am wearing a, you know, every child matters shirt, right? And so you could argue that you know, a marginalized population is Aboriginal, Indigenous, First Nations people. You could say the LGBTQS plus community is, um, you know, gender differences is yep. often a conversation like, you know, with the soccer, uh, national soccer team conversations that are going on right now about equitable treatment to the men's team and the women's mm -hmm. team. But I would say, I would say the disability conversations are probably not as prevalent as those. Um, but I'm not, again, I'm not trying to argue that that they should be tiered insofar as more or less important. Um, but as an advocate for, you know, persons and as an ally for persons with impairment, with disability, I would say that, that, that those conversations should be happening, um, you know, as much as the others are. And so, you know, I, it, it, but I guess, I guess what I, what I don't want to do is I don't want to have, they're not binary in that one doesn't have to mean right. the other doesn't happen. I, I think all these things can take place. Um, but I would just be making the argument that, yeah, it's important that we have conversations with disability. So, you know, when we, when we build the new event center, when we build the new um, field house, when we build the new, you know, or upgrade the stadium for where the Stampeders play, let's ensure that we're talking about accessibility for people with impairment and disability and that that conversation doesn't get lost in the other conversations that we have about, you know, ensuring that everybody can participate and attend and, and cheer. And, and we've talked a lot about facilities and, and one of the things that I would like to work towards is, is creating a, um, a facility in Calgary, the first of its kind that, that can be 
accessible and usable by the groups um, without adaptation, you know, and, and that's, that's a big challenge, right? So again, going back to the fact that we haven't done those three facilities that you talked about, yep. you know, in perhaps, again, I'm, I'm making a, a number of big assumptions here, but maybe this provides us with an opportunity with all these conversations taking place as it relates to sustainability um, from an environmental perspective, right. diversity, equity, and inclusion from marginalized population perspective, um, ensuring opportunities, you know, like things like e-sport, God, that's a whole other conversation we could have. Um, You're going to have to come back the, to that. The more, you know, I would say the, not the extreme sports, I, some people have referred to it as kind of the red bullification of sport, whether it's mm-hmm. the or the skateboarding mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, maybe we've waited and it's going to actually become, it's going to turn out to our advantage in that we have waited because when we do finally put shovels in grounds, that we're able to develop something that's going to just accelerate our own positioning and the opportunities that we can present. Like you remember when uh, Toronto built the sky dome, as yep. it was originally called, yep. the timing was not great because that was because right after that, the first ball diamond that was built, I think was Baltimore's Camden yards. And then this whole, oh. this whole change, right. About, you know, yep. how ball diamonds were built. And so Toronto kind of, again, the sky dome has its own or whatever it's called now has its own appeal, I guess, but, you know, but it's a hulking mausoleum for sport as opposed to a custom built, um, uh, you know, monument to the greatness of the game. So had they waited two more years, this whole trend would have happened whereby you would have had, so maybe like it could have been a totally different facility in downtown Toronto, right. With, you know, like, who knows, who, who knows how that plays out. But again, again, maybe I'm being naively optimistic. God bless you. Maybe this provides us with an opportunity to build a field house that is just light years ahead of other facilities as it relates to the conversation of DEI. Maybe maybe we become that focal point globally where people are just like, we have to build something just like they did in Calgary. I hope so. I hope so. Um, Once again, is there any more information? Is there a website for next week? There is okay. <laughs> um, I'm gonna give you my email address. Like, um, go ahead. You ready? Yeah. D D D leg D leg Yeah. At mtroyal.ca. Okay. D leg at mtroyal.ca. If you want more information on the 2023 Alberta Adapted Physical Activity Symposium next weekend. Now you might have to duck out to listen to trade coverage on the nation network. Uh, but you can come back in afterwards. Um, Oh, before I let you go Friday, Dr. Tyler white, there's that name dropping again, took me to the pavilion to see dungeon wrestling. And it was spectacular. Oh, it was so good. I can't now, wait. To go, I can't wait to go to the next one. In April. It, it's coming up on the long weekend in, in April, the, the, the good Friday. Um, the pavilion wasn't full, but man, it was close to full. And it was fun from the start to the finish. Um, it was nice to see a bunch of uh, the f- former stars of the PWA who you and I worked with before uh, in a couple of uh, post-game wrestling matches of the last couple of years. Uh, as a matter of fact, I had not seen 
Michael Allen, Richard Clark, uh, the gentleman who broke the stick over my back in 2019. I have not seen him in a long time. I saw him there. Um, there's some really good wrestling talent, pro wrestling talent. Bret Hart and his family are are behind it. I my understanding is that Bret has a bit of a hand in the booking. Um, there's it was just like by back to the 80s, back to you know everybody wants the return of Stampede Wrestling. I get that, but I'll, I'll tell you, I marked out um, you know in the middle of the, I think the the main event, Wayne Hart, that Wayne Hart. Yes, that Wayne Hart uh, showed up and is the director of officiating and restarted a match. And it was so much fun. So much fun. So if you haven't checked out Dungeon Wrestling, do. And you and I are going to go to the next one. Right? CDC is life, baby. Once you're in the CDC, you never get out. Right? (laughs) Once you are in the CDC, you never get out. That's what I'll wear the next time I'm invited. Oh, I'm going to wear my CDC shirt too. There's, there's plans. There might be a CDC shirt coming out, a new one. There's some plans. So right. just letting you know, right. um, Dave, uh, we've solved. Oh no, that's not this podcast. <laughs> Is it? No, but no. close. It's good. Been. Close. We can still do that one. Um, thank you for this, sir. I know we were going to have you on Monday, but you stepped up. Uh, certainly appreciate this, especially now with, with Pete's technical issues in Arizona. Uh, it was great to get you on. Um, so you may, you, I would say you've changed my mind. I'm not sure I'm asking the right question about heroes. Um, and you've given me a little bit of optimism, but I still think there's work to be done. And I still think we, we're, we're, we're underperforming a little bit. That's how about that? Can we go with that? Our potential is greater than what we're seeing at the moment. Would you, no, gosh, darn it. I'm trying. Okay. All we'll, right. We'll, we'll continue. Okay. David Leg, everybody. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. He is the best. Uh, the NHL trade deadline is March 3rd, and, and the Daily Faceoff online goes live, uh, or DFO Live, I guess, is, is what the show is called. Their trade deadline show will be on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. a week from this Friday. Trade deadline coverage. NHL insider Frank Saravelli and his panel will break it all down for you. I'm Rob Kerr. This is just a game. We are in the uh, we're in the final mile here, kids. Um, unfortunately, we kind of mentioned it there. No Peter Marr today. Bonesaw was uh, all set to come on. He's going to be a regular, uh, but he was traveling, and the locale did not have uh, enough Wi-Fi. Um, it didn't uh, to carry his voice and his images to us in a in a timely manner. We we tested it, and there was a 15 second delay. Yeah, about a 15-second delay. So that was a little much. So I, I I was just looking over. Apparently, we have uh, comments and stuff. I didn't know. And somebody was saying, where's where's Bonesaw? Uh, uh, he's not on. But he will be on. Now, Perry Barazan in studio co-hosting with me, hockey legend. Um, we're going to see. I, can we show a little video? We have to be peculiar, particular about video. We might. We've always talked about the single greatest goal scorer in the history of the Calgary Flames. And Perry's always, but it's always been on radio. I'm wondering if we might be able to put that. Well, we might. Eric DeHatchuk, uh, boy, oh boy, is this exciting for us. Eric DeHatchuk's also going to be a regular with us uh, from The Athletic. He's going to join us. Uh, looking forward to having Eric join us on Friday as well. So that's what's coming up. I think I mentioned Adam Seaborn is going to be with us uh, next Monday. Uh, and don't forget, uh, check out flamesnation.ca for the latest on the Calgary Flames. I know that Ryan Pike, the managing editor over there, is really ramping up the coverage as we get closer and closer, nine days away from uh, a holiday in our country, 
the NHL trade deadline. All right, the final mile. Let's do this. Um, it's back-to-back for the Calgary Flames. Tonight, they start in Arizona. They are in Vegas yesterday. This is the sixth time uh, that the uh, Flames have played back-to-back games uh, in consecutive nights, however you want to refer to that. They have yet to win game one. They have yet to win game one. And by virtue of that little nugget, it means they have not swept a back-to-back all year. So, they're due. Some might say they're due. Um, I, I mentioned it before. If you want to be optimistic, is there a case to be made that this team could pull its crap together, grab its bootstraps, do whatever it is, come together, sing Kumbaya, all become best friends, whatever the issue is with the coach, whatever. Row the boat in the same direction and do what the St. Louis Blues did a couple years ago. The Blues, dead last in the National Hockey League in January, win the Stanley Cup. Win the Stanley Cup. Don't look at me like that. I know what I can see you. Don't look at me like that. I am not saying they're going to. I'm saying could they? There is a blueprint out there. That's what you have to cling to. That's what you have to hang on to. It's been done. It could happen. Could it be us? Could we do it? I'll tell you this. Nobody in St. Louis was sitting there going, oh, well, yeah, yeah, 30, 31st or 37. I think it was 31st. Yeah, it was before the Kraken. 31st. Yeah, yeah, no, they're still a Stanley Cup contender. Not one person. But what they were saying is the same thing that's being said about this team. I look at it and I go, it should be better than it is. I look at it and I go, it's underachieving. I do not look at it and go, it's better than I thought it would be. That is the commonality between those two situations. The rest, that's up to Daryl Sutter and the players. They they have to author that. But I do know this. If they were to somehow get it all together and go on some amazing run, that's all we would talk about for the next 10 years. We still talk about the find-away flames. We still talk about, which I think was a terrible team structurally and all of those sort of things. But, man, were they fun to watch. And, man, did they get it done. And they got themselves into the playoffs and they beat the Vancouver Canucks. And, and, and that was all gravy because they hadn't won a series in forever. We still talk about that team. Anyway, uh, still going. Uh, can I get the uh, picture up from the Calgary Flames, please? Uh, next uh, week on the 28th, the uh, last day of the month, I believe the Boston Bruins are in town. And the Calgary Flames... Uh, are going to honor Black History Month, but in an incredibly unique way. They're honoring Jerome McGinley in a jersey. And I I don't know if everybody's had a chance to see this yet. Um, I just want to point out the people behind this. Chris Huey is an amazing designer uh, that works at C-Secondary Graphics Arts Department. Uh, Brent Gibbs, original member of the CDC, I might add, and a, a dear friend of the program, uh, head of retail, and uh, Tori Peterson, who uh, the hardest working person in, in social media, bar none, end of story. Um, they've got their fingerprints all over this. I think it's awesome. I think it's excellent. I, I My only wish is that it maybe came earlier in the month, I, I but I don't know how all those th- sort of things work. But if you get a chance to check out the detail in this jersey, it is uh, an homage to the captain, Jerome Aginla. And I, I thought, what a cool way to do that. Um, so just wanted to give a little love that way because I, I you know, again, um, the, I, I, should we have the Jersey conversation? Should, should we have the Jersey conversation? It is, it is show number two. Um, and a lot of this, cause these will, you know, 
they'll always be here. So you can always come back, you know, show number 50 or whatever. You think we'll get to 50? Who knows? Anyway, you can always come back and listen to this. But let me establish for a second, on the record, to all of you, to everybody, to the world, um, I, I don't think these should be warm-ups. I think they should be wearing these jerseys. And all due respect to um, the traditionalists, all due respect to the people that set their hair on fire whenever they hear about things like this, um, it has been my experience that um, – you can't do enough jerseys. You, you can't. Um, they are a piece of art. They are a piece of a moment in time. Um, I would point to the Calgary Hitman's Every Child Matters jersey, which, by the way, had nothing to do with CSEC. It was completely designed uh, by Siksika artists. Um, they designed it. It's all over the country. It's a huge seller. It's used at all kinds of different events. It, it symbolizes you know, the coming together of sport and indigenous culture uh, in a very positive way. It's not the only one, but it's one of them. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers have done a, an incredible job of, of connecting to the indigenous community. Um, the Winnipeg Jets have done, they just did a South Asian area. And I understand it and I get it, and, and, and but, but enough with it. Uh, I don't know if you saw this year, the Western Hockey League uh, did some jerseys with Nickelodeon. Um, you know, the Hitmen were are honoring Bret Hart in a couple of weeks. Um, the Roughnecks wear a different jersey. I'm just talking about locally, but, um, you know, one of the things that I, I, I talked about and never got to do, they're starting to do in, in, in the States, and that's have baseball teams and hockey teams cross over. That the baseball team will wear a, a baseball version of the hockey team's uniform in the summer, and the hockey team will wear a baseball-inspired jersey in the winter. You can't do enough of this stuff. And I think it's truly meaningful um, when you wear it in-game and the players wear it and you get the accoutrements with it and the helmet and the gloves and you can really make it pop. Um, now, it also brings up another conversation uh, with the challenge that, that some leagues, and particularly the NHL, is having right now of dealing with backlash. You had two New York teams that um, didn't want to, or pardon me, sorry, you had, yeah, well, you had the Rangers and, sorry, Philly. Um, there was backlash and stories around their Pride Night jerseys and stuff like that. This is what's, this is where sport rules. Sport is a conduit for social conversation. It's a conduit for social change. It's not right all the time, and sometimes it's mistakes that lead to social change. But when I look at that jersey, I go, that's pretty cool, but why aren't you wearing that as a jersey? Why are you wearing it as a practice jersey? I know the answers to this. I get the answers to this. I know that there are eyes rolling up at uh, at Father David Bauer, and I know there are eyes rolling at the Dome, and I know there's eyes rolling probably up in Edmonton or whoever, wherever they're listening, but I don't care. I don't care. Blasty is my favorite flame jersey. And I want to see more versions of Blasty. And I want to see Star Wars jerseys. And I want to, and I want to, and I want to, and I want to. That's what I want. So just so we've established this on this very program, just a game with me. I am all for jerseys, jerseys, jerseys. Don't feel like you have to buy them all. Don't feel like you have to keep up. Make enough, pick and choose, make the sweatshirts, make the hats. Retail, 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 retail. Because other people are doing it. Other sports are doing it. Other leagues are doing it. And you got to stop following the trends. And every once in a while, you got to set a trend. So maybe for five years, you blow your brains out and make jerseys for 41 games. Or I guess if it goes to 84 games or 84 next year, it'll be 42. 
Why not? Oh, but Rob, we can't. Why not? Because we haven't. Why not? This world, this sport, this league, these teams are too safe sometimes. Okay, continuing on. Uh, I want to recognize some leaders. I, I've said this a lot. The world needs more leaders, less managers. Way too many managers. I've seen way too many managers in the last 10 years. I want to see more leaders. Want to recognize two young men, Riley Budd from the U15 North Stars and Ethan Bonaventura from the Calgary Hitmen. Uh, we'll throw up the picture here. Cami Kepke, our friend from Global. Uh, if you haven't seen this, I want you to go find this story. She did. It's about two minutes long. That young man on your screen, that, that's Harrison. Harrison's a friend of mine. He is a superhero. So uh, I'm biased. Uh, I get to coach this young man. Uh, but what's incredible about this story is I mentioned Riley and Ethan. Harrison has autism, and he's been with superheroes for the last mm, five years, original superhero here in Calgary. Um, but he's always been a skater. But what we didn't know, what we didn't know is that Harrison wanted to be a goalie. So Harrison, at a skate one Sunday when the Calgary Hitmen came out, they all came out, got a chance to talk to Bonaventura and Peters and asked them about being a goalie, and they said he should try. Um, young Riley Budd, uh, who is part of the North Stars program, North Stars Cares is a really cool program that was started by Jesse Hale and a bunch of their volunteers to make sure that uh, kids who are playing in the North Stars program are, are learning about kids sport and the sports bank and, and heroes hockey. Anyway, Riley had a chance to play against Harrison or at superheroes, but heard about Harrison. Riley Bud raised some money and it got matched by a, a Calgary company here. And it's all in the story there, but this is a young, you know, a young kid, 15 years old that saw another young boy that wanted to be a goalie. And he raised money for Harrison. Harrison's now going to join us. We're heading out to Ottawa for the capital city condors tournament in uh, March. So thanks to Brett Sutter and a generous donation from the captain of the Calgary Wranglers. And thanks to Riley Budd for his generous donation. We're able to take these young hockey players out. First time ever that superheroes will play in a tournament. First time ever that uh, they will uh, get a chance to go out and play against other um, hockey players uh, from special hockey. Uh, and Harrison is going to be one of our two, no two goalies this year. So thanks to Ethan Bonaventura for giving uh, Harrison, the confidence and the opportunity to go be a goalie. Now they are going to have. If you watch, if you watched Cammy's story on Global, they're going to uh, they're going to have goalie lunch, which I think is the greatest thing. So a tip of the hat and a, and credit to Riley Bud and Ethan Bonaventura for being leaders in our community. And finally, sort of today. Uh, you heard his name brought up when we were talking about heroes. Jason Ribeiro is a friend of the program. He's going to be joining us here pretty soon. He is uh, one of the two key figures behind the Calgary surge of the Canadian Elite Basketball uh, League, uh, CEBL, which is uh, kicked off. It's going to, I believe it's fifth season, but it'll kick off its inaugural season here at Winsport coming up in May. And today they announced a very significant deal. Uh, Zeno, I hope I'm saying that, Renewables, Zeno, Z-E-N-O, or Z is because we're in Canada, uh, Z-E-N-O, -E Renewables, is now the title sponsor of the Calgary Surge. But what's exciting about this deal is it's multi-year and it's six-figure. And that is significant. That means that there is a seemingly a market out there for basketball. I have 
been grown up in the camp that I want everything in my city that my city wants. If we want a basketball team, let's get a basketball team. Let's support a basketball team. Uh, I look at the work that uh, Tommy Wielden Jr. and, and uh, Ian Allison and all the folks out at Echo Field at Spruce Meadows and what they've done to create the atmosphere around the cavalry. And I don't have to lecture anybody, anybody on this podcast about the history of professional soccer in this in this city and the ups and the downs and the, the and the miss opportunities. Uh, this is a this is a going concern. It's a growing business. I want basketball to be a growing concern and a business. I want the youth that play basketball to have local heroes to look up to. Um, we have a little bit of that in baseball with the Okotoks Dogs and some other programs. I'd love to see, you know, as we mentioned with David, you know, can't have a conversation about a, a new ballpark uh, until we have a conversation about an arena field house and, and a stadium. I get that, but I've always wanted my city to have the things that it wants that the people will support Shaw charity classic. For instance, I'm not a golf person. I don't, you know, I don't really enjoy the sport. Having said that people love it and they support it and it's a going concern and I want it and we've got it. So a tip of the hat today to the Calgary Surge, who signed their first big sponsor, their title sponsor. We will talk basketball in the coming weeks. Another guy that's scheduled to join us, because I want to know, it's not going to be easy. It's not easy running uh, second-tier minor sports in this country. There's not a great history of minor league sports flourishing in Canada. There just isn't. There's the NHL. There's the CFL. There is... You know, the, the Canadian Hockey League, which is not what it used to be in terms of its, you know, its attendance and its growth and all of those sort of things. It's not bad. But um, when you look beyond that, you know, the AHL, well, we've got an AHL team and it's looks like it's doing OK. But, you know, teams, teams struggled up in Edmonton, teams struggled in, in Abbotsford. Um, there have been different <laughs> whoever who remembers the ABA folks. Do you remember the drillers down at the corral? I mean, there's more stories of that. Even the 88s, you know, they were fun. They still have a legacy here in, in this town. Uh, thanks to see a dead, by the way. Um, but they weren't long-term. I want long-term basketball in our community. We'll end it uh, on a, a, another note, positive, well, that remains to be seen. Calgary Flames in Arizona, in Vegas tomorrow. Looking forward to seeing that Vegas club who once again have some uh, cap space thanks to a uh, injury to uh, Stone. His brother, Michael Stone, was also played on uh, placed on IR yesterday. Walker Dewar is up with the Flames. If you're saying to yourself, geez, Rob, what can I do uh, when this game is over and I want to hear about it? Glad you asked. Uh, Barnburner, live from the Gray Eagle Casino tonight. Uh, Boomer and Pinder are there with you after the game. And then tomorrow night, some dude is going to join Boomer and make his after uh, burner debut. After burner debut uh, when the Flames take on the Vegas Golden Knights. Oodle Noodle Studios. That's where we do this show every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, it's local, loved, and delicious. Since opening their first store back in 2005, Oodle Noodle has been all flavor and just the right amount of weird. It seems to fit here. Two locations, 1244 17th Avenue Southwest, 105 Main Street North in Airdrie. Pickup and delivery. Thank you to Tyler, better known as the Tan Man, for his outstanding work, for Princey for doing his thing. Apologies to Peter Marr that we couldn't make it work. Apologies to those who were hoping to hear from Bonesaw. 
The Hall of Famer will be joining us. We will get that worked out. Friday, uh, we will have Eric Dehatchuk and Perry Berzan. The Barn Burner is back tomorrow. Make sure you check that out. Um, and I just, I, I said it off the top. I'll say it again. I can't thank you guys enough. Uh, you guys have been amazing. Uh, the nice thing about the podcast, the nice thing about the live stream is you have to make a decision to watch it. And you guys put your faith in us. Um, hopefully today and yesterday are enough of a, a, you know, a little bit of an example of what we're going to be doing and what we're going to be talking about um, because it's fun and it's nice to be back and it's nice to get cranky and it's nice to get fired up and it's nice to be all of those sort of things. So uh, once again, do want to take this opportunity to recognize that we uh, do this show on Treaty 7 territory and it is a show for everybody. All are welcome here on Just a Game with me. You want to, by the way, the podcast will be out right away. If you're listening to the podcast, disregard this. Outside of please uh, vote or rate or do whatever you need to do. Give it four stars, five stars, whatever stars you want. And also, I would encourage you, if you get a chance, check out robkerr.ca. Uh, my consulting business is there. There's a page for this show. And there's also a page on the community that I'm pretty proud of, too. Thanks, gang. Let's do it again on Friday, shall we? <laughs>